Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present Hear Your Faith, a brand new audio subscription service that features a growing collection of uplifting Catholic audio choruses, talks, and other exclusive content to help you grow deeper in your faith and knowledge of Catholicism. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, present a podcast for divorced and separated Catholics. Hi, and welcome to this podcast from the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. My name is Anne DeSantis, and I'm the director. You can learn more about us at our website at nonatus.org. Or you can email at director.srnf at gmail.com. So thank you so much for being here with us on this Tuesday evening. And we are joined to, on this day by a Mercedarian friar. His name is Father Ken Breen. He is the spiritual moderator for the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation, as well as our friend Josephine, who was also a guest on our very first podcast, which was last month. So I'd like to welcome them both. Welcome, Father Ken. Thank you very much. Very happy to be here. And uh, as uh, our director, Anne, who's uh, leading this, has uh, suggested, it would be a good idea for us to inform about the uh, origins of St. Raymond Onatus Foundation, which comes from established by our order, which is the Order of Our Lady of Mercy. And this, uh, our order, actually, actually, the full title is uh, Order of the Blessed Virgin Mary of Mercy for the Redemption of Captives. Now, that's quite a mouthful, of course, but uh, breaking it down, it, we were founded in 1218 in Spain by our founder, St. Peter Nolasco. And, uh, and of course, we want to make a long story short. So the story is basically this. Peter Nolasco was a merchant, and when he would go to the areas of the market, he would see that Christians were being held as hostages for ransom. And he would use all of his own funds uh, to uh, pay for the ransom to set them free and bring them back home. So our order was founded to bring freedom to those who were uh, in a situation of being a hostage. And in that hostage situation, they were in danger of giving up their faith because if they pleaded to become a Muslim, then the captors would have to release them from being there in that bondage. So uh, it did happen many times because of their suffering and being in this uh, hostage situation that Christians did plead and, and did successfully uh, renounce their faith and had to be set free. So this is why Peter Nolasco saw a great need to uh, use his own money from his uh, dealing in, in the market to set them free. But soon he ran out of money and uh, recognizing the plight of the Christians, he, his heart was heavy and, and he went before Our Lady and asking for inspiration. She appeared to him and inspired him to found our order with the help of King James of Aragon and uh, the bishop there in Barcelona. And so our order was founded August 10th, uh, 1218. And the mission is to raise alms, collect alms to set free the Christian captives. And uh, a way to uh, fulfill this, when we would go to redeem the captives, there would be two redeemers, two mercedarians would go every year to the market uh, to find the Christians being held for hostage. And they brought the funds. And if they found that they didn't have enough money, uh, or there were too many slaves or more slaves that uh, are captives, then a mercedarian would stay behind to let everyone go home. And that one that stayed behind would uh, be staying there to be set free himself uh, when the other mercedarian would go and get uh, the alms to set that other mercedarian free. But sometimes it didn't arrive in time. And so they got frustrated and many mercedarians uh, were killed because uh, uh, trying to give their lives to set the captives free, which is exactly what Jesus did by uh, dying on the cross to set us free from the bondage of sin and slavery of sin. So that's the origin of our order. And since it was about trying to come to the aid of those who are in danger of denying their faith, 
uh, here in the United States, we see in particular the forces that are working against the family. And St. Raymond Anatus is one of our early saints. He died in 1240. And he was uh, born in a miraculous way. That's why his name is Nonatus. That's N-O-N-N-A-T-U-S. And that's his last name. That means not born in Latin, not born. And so at being miraculously born, uh, he became the patron of Christian of mothers, expectant mothers, and Christian families. And so as our as patron of Christian families, we saw as a Mercedarian family a need to establish this uh, foundation and way of outreach and assistance to families that are in crisis. And we discern that the, the first and initial way in which we are present and offering the services, especially through uh, those uh, uh, Catholics who find themselves in particular at the moment of crisis because of separation or divorce, that if in fact they that happens, there is a divorce, a lot of times, besides all the other cultural pressures and problems, most likely many have abandoned their faith. So um, while there are all kinds of uh, ways in which people find themselves in a situation where they give up their faith, this is a, a perfect example too of a, a particular area. So uh, we are starting in this way to assist uh, those families that are in crisis. And, and this is what we're trying to present in this moment. You know, when we offer this uh, time of reflection, this uh, time of uh, uh, sharing about what is uh, people are in the situation of separation and divorce, what they're experiencing, what helps, what is beneficial for their healing, what supports their faith. This is exactly what we're trying to offer. And it is our joy to be present to all of you and to offer these words and these thoughts. And we hope it will help for you. And we're available to you. Even Anne will constantly mention how you can get in touch with her. And we're ready at any moment uh, that we can, uh, that's convenient to arrange to actually do this support uh, in, in small groups. And we can do it online live, you know, through. Uh, the, you know, the process of being in contact with Anne. We just have to arrange that time whenever that works best. So we are of service as we were before, but we're going to just keep that available to at a convenient time for everyone. If uh, having a set time doesn't work as well, better to arrange a convenient time. So uh, we're very happy to be available to everyone who's in need, but in particular this situation, but can be anyone too. So, so that. That's uh, the story in a nutshell. I could probably go on for another half hour, but we don't want to do that. So I'll hand it over to Ann now. Yes, Father Ken, thank you so much. And he said he, he taught us a lot about the Mercedarian religious order. And I would invite people who are listening uh, that if you want to learn more about them, you can also go to their own website, right, at uh, orderofmercy.org and learn more about the Mercedarian sure. friars uh, because they are located in uh, four sections of the United States. They're headquartered in Philadelphia, where I'm located, and also in Cleveland, Ohio, in St. Petersburg, Florida, and up in Western New York in, in Leroy, which is where Father Kenneth Breen is, who is, as I said, our spiritual moderator for the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. And if and I didn't... A, yeah, we have a new community there in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, too, and that's also a particular service to those in jails and prisons, so we do have that aspect as well, so... I'm glad you brought that up because for people who don't know much about the Mercedarians and who have interest in uh, prison ministry, uh, learn more about, about what the friars are doing. I would invite you to check it out. Um, and Father, thanks for the education on St. Raymond Onatus. And we're so blessed that he is our patron saint for this foundation. And this podcast, if I didn't get to emphasize this at the beginning, is this podcast is for Catholics who are affected by divorce and separation. Now that can be if you yourself are a person who is separated or has gone through a divorce or annulment. Um, we have even had people who are the, the relatives or friends because sometimes when there is a family breakup, it affects not just the immediate family, but sometimes even others. So we invite anyone who's listening, um, please feel free. If you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, please um, make some comments there that we, we can uh, respond to you because even though this is a pre-recorded um, session here, it is uh, pre-recorded, 
uh, we are listening. Father Ken and I are there on YouTube right now as you're watching this, the people who are on the live feed as it is coming out on uh, July 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And if you're listening to it, listening to it after the fact, just be sure to uh, reach out to us anytime. As Father said, we do also one-to-one -one appointments with those who would like to get some spiritual direction. Because what we do as a foundation is we are helping families in crisis and uh, spiritual accompaniment is really what we're all about. And we want to be there for you and your families as you are going through very difficult times, especially those that are related to uh, divorce and separation. So we're very blessed because on this evening, we have a, a good friend of the foundation. Her name is Josephine. And if you didn't get to listen to last month's podcast, I would suggest to go to nonatis.org and listen to the first podcast uh, with uh, for this program with our friend Josephine. So Josephine, I welcome you and thanks for joining us. Thank you, glad to be here. Thank you. I thought Josephine, you could explain, um, now, as I said, last month you were with us and you gave us your story. You are a divorce and an old Catholic and you are also a person of very deep faith and you shared that with us last time. Can you just give us maybe a, a short version for those who didn't get to listen last time your own story. And then after that, you will be presenting for us the four elements of happiness in light of those who are affected by divorce and separation. So uh, we'd love to hear your story. Sure. So just to recap, um, as a, a woman who married, um, a very, I was very happy to get married, just looking forward to raising my family and working and contributing in a positive way. Little did I know when I first met um, my husband-to-be at 15, he had already had some very dysfunctional experiences in his family, um, had been drinking at a young age, and ended up that um, three years into the marriage, I asked for a divorce. So he was able to regroup, which I really admire him for, and I learned about what it might be to support someone that is uh, an addict, uh, an alcohol addiction, in Al-Anon, so I did learn a lot. I practiced the Al-Anon method of um, loving detachment, and he um, never did uh, embrace leaving his addiction behind. So we struggled along. I did want to try longer than three years, and we ended up staying married because at that point, there, um, there was some good that was going on in our marriage, and I focused on that. We did have uh, the three children to raise, which is a lot of responsibility. And we ended up doing a lot of things right, but uh, then his addiction came back full force. He had struggled with it and it came back full force and it was um, pretty ugly. We ended up getting divorced after 22 years of marriage and 27 years of being together. So those are the things that we I struggled with was the emotional impact of it, the financial impact. and the biggest impact was the spiritual impact because the pain was so deep when you are united to someone in a marriage, even though it ended up not to be a sacramental marriage. So believe it or not, I did get an annulment, but almost 20 years after the divorce. So that's something to keep in mind if you're ready for an annulment. But if you're not, don't rush it because there's plenty of things you can do to um, grow and be your best between um, the divorce and uh, the, the potential annulment. So we talked about, Ann, bringing, what, how did you get through this, you know, these years and years of marriage that weren't necessarily happy, that wasn't a constructive marriage, and how did you raise children around that and still have some semblance of um, a good life? So what I did was I um, used levels of happiness, which unbeknownst to me were out there, and Father Robert Spitzer um, he has quite a few um, fabulous books and many different topics he discusses. But one of the books he has out there is about the four levels of happiness. So this is adapted from his writings. And what he defines happiness as is, a ha is happiness is a fulfillment of desire. So let's just take a step back. We talked a little bit last time about that we all long to be loved and to love. That's part of how God made us, and we certainly dread suffering. So I bet there's a few people that, like me, 
I was tired of lies. I was tired of the toxic relationships, toxic family situations, past mistakes, including my many past mistakes, anger. So I was ready for a change. And what I did try to do was find some way to be motivated. And it, I, I knew that there could be peace, there could be love, there could be fulfillment. I thought of that as happiness. And I kept looking. And I realized that with God, um, we share in his perfect, unconditional joy, love, truth, justice, goodness, beauty, peace. And I knew that that was part of who I was. I didn't know how to get there. So when I, when I found uh, Father Spitzer's writings, he identified four levels or four, um, like, evidence of happiness. And then you can progress through those. They're actually not just, um, like, a grouping. They're developmental. And you can see this as you look at a child. So let's take a look at the first place that we find happiness. And it's, it's not childish, but it's easy to see um, in children. They're not really looking to make any big accomplishments or anything. They're just enjoying the moment. And that would be immediate gratification. But as we get older, when we're adults, it's a good thing to recognize what gives us some immediate gratification. So, for, for example, I love pasta, a bowl of pasta. So if I have a bowl of pasta... I'm pretty happy because I, I really like pasta. So in moments when we need to have a break from the stressors, the demands of and the grief that we're dealing with um, as a divorcee or part of a divorced family, we can have some fun. We can we can find these periods of um, and and places where we feel gratified. And so it's going to be different for everybody else. I have to watch the pasta, though. So I, I, I moved back. I stepped back from that and went to coffee. So I enjoy my cup of coffee in the morning early, early, early. And that just made me feel happy, having a cup of coffee early in the morning, quiet. And that's when I would set up my day. That seemed to give me some uh, capacity to move into the second level, which is easy to see. It's called comparative personal achievement. So I can do something for my family during that time. It's more accomplishment-oriented. So let's explain a little bit about that. So everybody can recognize immediate gratification. Josephine, thank good. you so much. Um, so sure. I, I just wanted to, I, I apologize for interrupting, but I wondered if no we, problem. could you list again? So what would be the title for those who might be jotting down some notes or even on their phones? Um, sure. What, what is number one's uh, title? For the, I would for, call it, yeah, immediate gratification. Immediate gratification. When you look at Father's, mm -hmm, Father Spitzer calls it immediate gratification. And then number two is, you said it before. Can you repeat that again? Sure, comparative. Comparative. So okay. that's I just also, want to make sure that for those who might want to take some notes. And, and I also encourage people who are on this call and listening to the podcast that, hey, if you have any uh any comments, please leave them there for us. Contact us again um, at our website, which I'll say one more time again to, uh, before the end, uh, nonatis.org. So thanks, uh, Josephine. It's your turn. Oh, sure. So let's look at it. Maybe it'd be easier if you kind of had an understanding. So we've got number one, immediate gratification. Number two, comparative or personal achievement. Number three, a title for that is contributive. And number four, would be ultimate good. And I'll repeat those, but looking at comparative or personal achievement, so that's when we get something accomplished, like maybe sports, um, we can do something, cleaning, cooking, we're doing something. And it's not necessarily for the family, but it could be. But mostly we're looking at our own personal uh, accomplishments, so even like if you finished a book, or if you like to do um, working on cards, some people like to make sure their car is spotless. They enjoy seeing that accomplishment. Going to work, finishing up something that you've been doing at work, that's an accomplishment. Um, establishing a new business, that's an accomplishment. It's pretty much ego-centered, which is not a bad thing because we need to promote ourselves. We need to learn about our personal capacities and abilities. So in a good way, you're getting something done. You're not the couch potato that day. 
but you're also identifying what you can do for yourself. And it's a little bit, if it gets out of hand, you can be very self-centered. There can be a lot of fear because you might lose this. This is what you're basing yourself on as your accomplishments. You can feel isolation, jealousy, cynicism, maybe some contempt. So this becomes when you're comparing yourself to others. And that's why when you see some of these highly successful actors or uh, sports people, they, they're so accomplished, but they're so unhappy. And they turn to things that are not constructive. And that means they backed into the level number one and overdid it. So we can use level number one, immediate gratification, to give us breaks, but we can't get into the problem where you might respond to more of your passions and not set up appropriate boundaries that are healthy. Thank so let's you look so at much number for sharing. Three. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's all good for people who are listening because I'm sure we have some people who are on this podcast who are affected by divorce and separation and maybe just someone who knows someone, but we can all use this kind of help to grow closer in our faith because, you know, life can be a challenge and, and for families who are in crisis, you know, as you said, some of us fall back to that first level, but the goal is that as we go through these four levels that you're also grow, growing closer to God, if I'm correct, Nick, um, Josephine. Oh, that is the goal. And I think that's important because that's how we motivate ourselves to keep trying on a daily basis. And it is yeah. an accumulative accomplishment. If I could also add to uh, Josephine, we could consider sometimes in that second level, if there is a lot of uh, achievement and that could almost be into a, a workaholism that uh, takes away from, yeah. that's a danger too, that could take away from uh, the connections with family. And so you want to have that balance, as you're saying, you know, like you don't want to go back to the first level and just, you know, get lost in in uh, immediate uh, uh, things that are attractive, but also in accomplishments too, uh, that where you lose connection with others. So just another thought too, to add that to the mix. That sound like it fits? Thank you. Absolutely, you've targeted that perfectly. And I think a lot of us in divorce situations realize that that does not make for a relationship. So we are talking about balancing our, our need for a pleasure, not to minimize it, to recognize that we do need to have pleasure and not to minimize what it means to be accomplished because that can provide a lot of good things for our family, but it can also get in the way of our relationships in our, family, in our families. So that's when we go to level three, um, contributive. And when we're in level three, we are looking to help others. We're moving past ourselves and our self-centeredness. And our happiness then comes from doing for others and a concept and really embracing the idea of making the world a better place. So nobody's perfect. We understand that. And we're, we're recognizing that in our human relationships, we're going to take some risks. We might get hurt. We might have disappointments. But we've developed in our capacity to be resilient. We're looking at trying to like principles of love, of our communities, of justice, and we're willing to go beyond ourselves. So this is pretty optimal. We're positive. We're making a difference for others as we understand it. So that's the difference in level three and level four. We're still working out of our own understanding of what's good and what's good for others. And we might have been blinded by some of our human misperceptions and imperfections. And that's where we see a lot of agitation. I think we should do it this way. You think you should do it that way. And it can, it can be um, a little bit of a struggle when we try to work with others. But in, in level three, which is um, contributive, we have a lot of gratitude. It's hard to get to level three without being open to um, gratitude. And gratitude is a decision. It's that attitude of gratitude, if you don't mind me using that. And that means that you are making a point of focusing on the good things in life. We can all focus on the horrible things. But you're making a point of looking at what's good. 
what's social and uh, what's a good social relationship and reciprocal relationships. You're not a doormat just giving, giving, giving because if you don't have a reciprocal, you're, like we said in the beginning, we long to be loved and we long to love. And that's how we should have a, a healthy relationship. So we have to have that openness to be reciprocal. And that is where some of the divorces and some of the um, kind of development of our families can be lacking because we don't know what that reciprocal looks like. And if we've never seen it, we don't know how to build it. I'd like to go back to that, though, after we go to level four. But in the contributive level, we have empathy. We recognize that we desire to have make this difference. And we don't just react. We're learning how to respond. And we're learning how to keep our boundaries. So we choose to be um, more inclusive in our relationships. But when we get to level four now, let's take a look at the difference. The reason why we talked about level three and having um, thinking that it's human imperfections that might blind us is because when you get to level four, you realize that ultimate good is a level that involves God and serving God. And that means that we've really kind of didn't hit the mark sometimes. And as you get deeper and deeper into how God wants to interact with us, you realize he wants to share so much with us and we can block him on level three from sharing this ultimate good that he's willing to provide for us. It's a gift. So when we're looking at what um, level four, we want to call it um, ultimate good. And that's what the Father Spitzer uh, entitled it. So we have to look at what we're going to do with ultimate good. So it's transcendent. So what's transcendent? Well, it, it recognizes that there's something more than just the physical and emotional and mental aspect, the spiritual aspect. And that's huge because that's your eternal life. That's home. So when we get to level four, go ahead. Well, Josephine, thank you so far. I mean, this is, is fascinating because it's it's like a spiritual direction, I think. And what you're explaining, in light of those who are affected by divorce, separation, uh, or family crisis, um, the, the, the ultimate good is really what God has in mind for each one of us. So I appreciate so far this uh, wise counsel that you are giving to our listeners here. And again, just to invite them to comment, uh, make those comments, whether you're on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Please, we invite that. And as Father Ken said at the beginning of this program, that we are open to uh, those one-to-one -one appointments as well. So although this is a podcast, pre-recorded podcast, we do invite you to stay in touch with us. So not to interrupt your thought there, Josephine, as you were discussing uh, the fourth step. So maybe you could go back to that. Sure. So when we're talking about the fourth step, remember, we're calling this ultimate good. And we're recognizing that God is the ultimate good and we can participate in that level three we were helping others we were looking to serve others and what we understood was service and there's an intrinsic goodness in that and we kind of think that this long-term gratification that we're feeling and enjoying and participating in is the kind of the end all but lo and behold there's more and that's what's so exciting about being Catholic is we can really learn about this. This is part of our Catholic faith. But we have to be ready for this because it does take a spiritual journey. Be ready because the sacred and the spiritual journey, living with God, is a whole new world. Hang on. <laughs> There's all kinds of things that can happen. And one of them that I really think that a lot of people want is healing. And we can have a lot of healing before that. And that's not what this is about. When we work in the ultimate goodness, we're going to be participating in God's mercy. And that, to me, really applies to in a divorced situation, in separated situations. So what happens when we have acts of mercy in our, in our attempt to participate in God's ultimate good is that we're not just functioning to be nice to others or to be um, to work in an, an ideal or to just love, we're actually giving others a gift. 
and we participate in giving them a gift from God. So who is God? Now then we have to go on this whole journey to really embrace who God is because how can you participate with something that you don't even know about? So then we have a responsibility to learn more about God. And we end up finding out that he is beyond amazing and the dissatisfaction, the hurts, the troubles, the turmoil fade when we recognize the truth and beauty and love and justice of God, the eternal, enduring gratification that we have. And just looking at that possibility gives us some comfort. And we realize that's our real home. So I was able to literally go around and just remind myself, I put stickers on everything, you know, this is only temporary, temporary, temporary. And that helped me to remind myself in my daily attitude of gratitude that in the end, everything that we're doing is for eternal, it's for eternity, and it's eternally enduring. That can put a little fear in you too, but it also gives life really deep meaning. So imagine if we can give our children this potential that, yes, you're disappointed, yes, we're sad, we're grieved, we've been through a tragedy, but as a family, we can start working together to serve others and to serve God in the end. So when others don't treat us well, others disappoint us, we still come up with this ultimate good with God's help to provide the gift that I kind of... uh, alluded to when I first brought this up. So we're giving the gift of God to others. So an example might be, um, let's go back to this list that we're tired of. This is what will motivate us to keep working at this in our daily accumulative efforts to move towards ultimate good. So I got kind of sick of these lies, toxic relationships, toxic family situations, past mistakes, anger. Is anybody else tired of that? (laughs) So I wanted to reach this place where I would be embracing peace, love, and fulfillment and happiness. So how do we motivate ourselves? We want to keep our eye on this ultimate goal of ultimate good. And so when I encountered people or situations that were very trying, I would find out that I um, have some triggers. And instead of reacting to them, I had a plan. I would give the gift of love, and I would give the gift of peace. And it takes some humility to do that because you're not going to be the one that wins the argument necessarily. And in fact, there's a story someone was saying to husband and wife, the wife said to the husband because they were discussing something and he was trying to prove a point. She goes, are you trying to win this argument? She was coming from a point of trying to come up with a solution. And when we see situations like that, we can get to the ultimate goodness. We don't have to be the winner. We don't have to be right. Is there a comment or a suggestion? or a So far, so good. I appreciate it. And I'm sure that our listeners do too. And uh, I thought maybe as we move ahead in this podcast, well, first, uh, Josephine, I wondered if you can just recap again those four points. And I wondered if Father Ken, because he's so experienced in dealing with uh, people who are uh, have been through such trauma and and need healing, wondered if maybe Father Ken could offer some tips for healing of those who have been affected by divorce. But first, uh, Josephine, if you can just recap those points before Father Ken can discuss some of those healing. uh, Sure. With us. So. Immediate gratification would be level one. Now, that would be where we begin, and we're really feeling uh, comfort, and, and very. it's a very good comfort to have a little bit of time away from what we're um, grieving about and enjoy something that's immediately gratifying. Level two is called comparative or personal achievement, and this is when we learn to accomplish things, and that's a little bit more self-centered. Um, which is fine because we're learning how to use our our abilities and we can accomplish something that we enjoy and say, this is what we got done today. Then the contributive is when we recognize that it's really just not about what we do and and what we're doing in our life. We're helping others and we reach out and we embrace making the world a better place. 
And then the fourth level, which is ultimate good, is when we move towards God and his ultimate good and we recognize that we might need to improve our um, relationship with God and work with him and allow him to work with us in a cooperative manner. So that becomes a, an eternal, enduring gratification with our eye on heaven. Those are the four levels in a, in a synopsis. That is awesome. So Father Ken, would you have any thoughts for those listening who are going through healing process after going through either a divorce or separation or even an annulment? Uh, sure. Thanks very much, uh, Anne and Josephine. Uh, especially so much of your sharing, uh, Josephine, is touches many people's hearts. And um, <clears throat> what I what comes to my mind immediately uh, is um, that ultimately to to come to this peace that we're longing for, there needs to be a certain surrender, you know. And I, I'm sure probably a lot of us have heard about that uh, the need to enter into a surrender that uh, allows us to rest in knowing that uh, our Lord is there for us. He's bringing us peace, you know, just like the apostles uh, in the boat and they're in the midst of this storm. They they look to Jesus and Jesus brings them peace. So there needs to be a surrender to him. And that's the first thing that comes to my mind. And But the surrendering to him <clears throat> is, uh, as we saw in your sharing, these four different steps and levels uh, is is quite a process, and there's different ways in which to experience this, and uh, different hallmarks or significant steps. And what I find the, the the best experience that I actually have is what we are beneficiaries of uh, from the one who has helped us the most in in giving us uh, giving this opportunity to help those in the situation, and that is experience of Rose Sweet. And if you ever want to find out more uh, help that's available from what she has to offer, she's also the vice president of our foundation. You can just see her information at rosesweet.com at any time. And uh, we have been, ha we've had the opportunity to accompany uh, those who have been in this journey or in this crisis in several ways. The first two were uh, large uh, healing services that we had in St. Petersburg Diocese a couple of years ago in 2015 and 2016, and with uh, the help of Rose Sweet. And with what she presented there, we also offered one uh, in one uh, deanery in, in the Tampa side of the diocese so that we could continue to present what she had to offer. And I'm going to just give a basic summary of the, the five uh, areas that she offers. Uh, which are uh, a good help. And it's amazing how the first one, which is uh, basically treating yourself uh, with mercy, uh, giving yourself something uh, you, you like to have, but don't overdo it. That's really ties in what uh, the first uh, level of happiness that uh, Josephine has already shared. That is, uh, it's okay to have that, uh, you know, uh, Rose, uh, it's really cute how she presents it to have a nice cup of wine, glass of wine and a bubble bath, you know, <laughs> you know, something that uh, just makes you relax or whatever it is, you know, for guys, maybe it's just, you know, going and have a beer or something, but don't overdo it. That's the thing. You know, you, you can't um, overdo whatever it is. You know, you need to give yourself a break. Uh, you're under a lot of stress. So it's important to treat yourself with mercy. And the second level is uh, uh, honoring the grief process. It is healthy to grieve. Jesus wept as well. And, you know, he's weeping with us when you are facing these trials and these struggles. And uh, you can do an easy search to examine the, the, the stages of, uh, of the grieving and the pain you're suffering to know where you're at. Because, you know, it's like, Different stages is the anger stage. The denial stage is usually the first. Can't believe it's happening. And then anger. And then they're uh, uh, bargaining and, uh, you know, uh, wrestling with the situation, trying to uh, deal with it. And all these different stages are there. And you need to examine where you're at that will help you in this healing process to know where you're at. And um, I, I think I have a, a list there of some of those that are very helpful in the concrete stages, seven stages of grief. 
in this process and of these seven stages, uh, I want to just examine the first is denial, pain and fear, the anger stage, bargaining, guilt, depression, and acceptance. So that's a quick summary, but you could find those anywhere almost, you know, seven stages of grief. And, and that, that's an important for the, the process that you're going through so that you can uh, see where you are and see what you have to do. And then uh, one of the suggestions Rose gives is in the third level is don't repress what you're feeling when there is anger, but you need to talk it out with God, uh, with Our Lady, uh, with a good priest or a friend uh, who can be a good counselor or a good counselor, depending on what your need is when things become overwhelming. Just have to be aware of where you are and what you need and uh, be willing to accept that and uh, coming to express that to, to somebody. Uh, that's why we're also here, you know, I mean, you're all, we're always available, you know, give uh, Anne a call, uh, see our website, nonatus, N-O-N-N-A-T-U-S.org. You know, all Anne's information, uh, email, phone number is there, uh, and we can accompany you. Uh, we're very happy to be present to you. Uh, and uh, this is very important, uh, a significant part of the, the healing uh, stage uh, when you're going through these uh, stages. And uh, the fourth level that Rose suggests to us is to keep focused on the truth. Think about the truth. You need to use logic to uh, overcome and to trump your emotions. Uh, don't let your emotions take control of the situation, but you have to think through and where you are and contemplate more deeply reality and the love of Christ for you. Sometimes it's good to immerse yourself in what, especially uh, in our faith, we have such richness and benefit from our faith and things that support our faith. There's so much that is so easily available, uh, things that help us to reflect on our relationship with Jesus. You know, some of the uh, uh, media that has been developed to help us in our relationship with Jesus. You know, uh, there is the uh, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, that film, it's like, what a beautiful presentation of his life and ministry and his, and his healing love for all of us. Or, you know, anything that, uh, you know, reading the scripture, uh, being present before God in a quiet time of prayer. These are all very important steps to keep us focused. And finally, the last uh, stage that Rose suggests is learn how to rest. You know, many times we're, uh, you're experienced being exhausted from too many things that are on your plate. So you need to be able to, uh, much like the first stage, again, coming around to complete the process, that is to give yourself a break, you know, to relax and to surrender. That's ultimately what uh, we need to do in life because life becomes unmanageable and the very best thing is to re recognize that and surrender ourselves into the hands of our loving Father in heaven. And even if that's been a difficult uh, experience, you know, sometimes people have really not much of a father uh, experience. So that can be very difficult to uh, how to manage with that. But what we need to see is that anytime we've been treated with tenderness and kindness in our life, that is an experience of the love of God. Even when in, from the very first moment of our existence and experience, we can even do that, you know, try to ponder that moment when we were in the, the wombs of our mothers. You know, that can also be a, a healing contemplative experience that can give us peace and give us strength and realize that it's just a way to connect with the source of healing, which is our God who made all of us from the moment of our conception. Uh, he is, uh, in him, we live and move and have our being. So this is really our source of life and our source of strength. So this, this is what comes to my mind immediately. and. And also, again, I, I return finally to that image of Jesus when, you know, the apostles are in the boat, uh, how uh, life was just totally unmanageable. And every way, which way 
that they were experiencing it, they just had to cry out to Jesus. And Jesus assured them that he is present. What well, a stunning revelation for me is after, you know, you study these things, you you read these passages for many years, but it was only maybe within this last uh, part of the year that it came across to me that that when you actually read the Greek, uh, I didn't have to actually read it because I saw someone pointing this out, is that in the Greek there, when Jesus says, get a hold of yourself, it is I, that's how it's translated in English, it is I, but the actual Greek is ego eimi. And when we hear Jesus in the Greek say ego eimi, that's the same name that uh, in the Septuagint, that's the Greek translation of the Old Testament, when God is at the burning bush and saying to Moses, you know, God, Moses asks God, uh, what is your name? What am we called call you? Uh, in the Greek word there is ego eimi. That's the same name of God. And several times you see in John's gospel, sometimes the translation will reflect that. Uh, Jesus will say, before Abraham came to me, came to be, ego eimi, I am. So he's identifying himself with the Father. And, and the Father and I are one. And, uh, and different ways Jesus says that. Uh, well, when you see the Son of Man come, then you will re recognize I am, you know, ego me. So here, when you see Jesus with the apostles in the boat, it's not saying that relax, it is I, it's this ego me. That is the, the one who made all of creation is present in your midst. So that's where we need to find center, find healing and find strength. Thank you so much, Father Ken, for that uh, good advice for, for the people who are listening on this podcast. And also to you, Josephine, who have given us those four points of, of happiness. I think uh, this knowledge is good for not only those who are affected by divorce and separation, but really just about for anyone who's in crisis. And that's what we're all about. Our foundation is all about helping uh, families in crisis. And I just want to say, too, that we have these podcasts now twice a month. And just to tune in, and I would invite you, please, that if you're listening to this on YouTube, to please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's called Philly Nonatus, Philly meaning Philadelphia. And also to connect with us also on Facebook at the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation and also our profile, which is Philly Nonatus. And we are on all of those social media platforms. So I would like to invite you to also uh to connect with us on all those platforms such as LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram. And it's a yeah. great way for us to stay in touch. Uh, I'd like to, if I could ask uh, one, one more thing, uh, I'd like to ask uh, if we have time, a few minutes there, Josephine, if you wanted to express a little bit of how those four stages, if there's time, you know, how, how you felt that uh, operating in your life in the different periods of time. And that might be something too that, might be beneficial, but I don't know if there's time for that. And it's kind of up to you to, since you're yes. leading us here. Yeah, on this podcast, we have about 10 minutes. So if Josephine, you you have a, a condensed version, I would say maybe uh, for a future date, we, we can invite you back and, and expand. But if you have um, some words, that would be wonderful. Sure, I think there's a, a way to look at it. I do recognize that I do have a good sense of immediate gratification and comparative and personal achievement. So that was great. When I had a family, that's what really made me look at what contributive was. And it is a sacrifice and it is self-giving. And I love that part of being a, a person and a mother and a, a, just a friend, family member. When I recognized that I had missed the mark being in a troubled marriage, I realized that no matter how much I tried, I wasn't really able to help my spouse, and that was pretty devastating. So I had to regroup and look for my God, which who, who is my ultimate good. And I, I knew him, but I didn't know exactly what he had for me. And his the depth of what he had was joy. And in my suffering, I didn't understand where this joy was coming from, and I recognized that joy is not the absence of suffering, but the presence of God. And that's gave me a lot of strength and motivation to keep improving who I was as a person because my development could use improvement. I, I had better ways of living and making decisions. So 
um, I can add a few more things that might help those that are out there. When we end up finding that we need to regroup, we can have a better life now. It's not going to take forever. Yes, it looks like there's a lot of work to do, but just start off with one area that you want to do better. Live out of what you can control. Like Rose Sweet says, Father brought this up. There's the truth about what was within your um, control. And you can live better by recognizing what that is. And every day, make small daily efforts to work towards improving your way of responding. I think at the last uh, podcast I said, and I made a point that I realized I was saying yes to too many projects. I love projects. That's a, that's a level two. So I had to move into saying no, or I had a, a nice saying that didn't put people off. Let me think about it. I'll get back to you. And then I also use that within the family. So that's just some of the ideas that I had to have a, a significant improvement with small daily efforts and feelings of joy that brought me closer to God and realized he was there walking with me and actually acting in some instances to create a better environment for me. So working out of truth and working towards uh, specific improvements, which I did learn some other things about what were my triggers, what caused me to feel um, anger. Or um, so there's things that would trigger my, I felt unheard or I felt judged, didn't feel good enough, felt unworthy, I felt left out, blamed. So it can go on and on. So we can share that if there's more time, but I hope that helps others. So did you want to pick up on? Um, now that's excellent. That's really excellent. Thank you so much, Josephine. Uh, we're coming close to the end. I wondered if uh, Father Ken, uh, maybe for those who are listening and maybe they are going through some rough times right now, especially after some of the crisis that our country has been through with this coronavirus and also other events, um, if you would have maybe one or two points uh, for those who are feeling discouraged right now, and then we can end it with a prayer. Well, uh, besides, uh, obviously, what you mentioned about keeping uh, our eyes fixed on Jesus it, when we're in very difficult times, um, you know, we find this uh, reality. It, Jesus uh, is is leading us always forward in the most, especially when there are difficult moments. Uh, he constantly assures us that he is with us to uh, bring us his life and his peace and his strength. And uh, one, I think one of the most important ways to uh, show to others that we are uh, experiencing his presence and his healing is by um, sharing when when we have experienced it, especially in the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh, I know that would be difficult during this time, but as we're starting to move into the process of opening our churches and and having the opportunity for reconciliation, uh, this is one of the best ways that we can, as we are heard today in, in God's word, uh, in the mass today, that we're called to be a light and a salt uh, to the world. Salt means that, you know, when we eat something that's salty, we're thirsting, and so our our being present to others is, meant to bring forth a, a desire for experiencing the, the living water that we find in Jesus. And so uh, when we recognize in our own lives that we're kind of lost and wandering, and then we find our healing and our joy and peace in our union with Christ that we experience, especially in the sacrament of reconciliation, where we're set free from sin. Well, the idea is that uh, first of all, we we spend time listening to one another and helping one another, as, as Josephine was saying there, and that that second step, you know, it's very helpful to be attentive to the needs of others. But then when we listen to their needs and their their wounds and their sufferings, like even now we're we're sort of confined or limited, so it's even better time to listen to one another. Then when we recognize that uh, whatever is happening in life may be related to 
something that needs the healing that comes from the Lord's mercy that we encounter in confession, when we share how we experience that personally, then we can invite our family member. Uh, why don't, you know, I'm going to confession next week. Would you like to come with me? You know, one of the problems we find is that too often we say, oh yeah, you know, the best healing for you would be confession. You got to go to confession and it'll be just wonderful. And they, they just stand, stare at you like a deer with headlights because they, no one wants to, no one likes to hear preaching, you know, forget that. So don't preach. What you do is you say, I'm going to confession, you know, uh, I, I love going to the shrine over there. Uh, would you like to come with me? Well, they'll probably resist a little bit, but, you know, the point is that you you constantly be present to them and you're listening to them and you're sharing with them. And this is the perfect opportunity to to reveal Christ where Christ has been he, our healer. And and that that's what he's come to do. He's come to set us free from the slavery and the the terrible repercussions that come about because of sin, whether it's other people sinning against us or our own you know, giving in or our own uh, responses that are, have not been healthy. So, so we need the Lord's healing mercy. And what greater way than to experience that in the sacrament of reconciliation? So this is what I think. Uh, could I, I, and of course, being uh, an order which is dedicated to Our Lady of Mercy, this is what we always try and want to offer more than anything is the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh, one of the things that we established in our own parish here is uh, being available uh, every Tuesday evening so that, you know, people have uh, all the time that they need. You know, sometimes uh, when we're there on Saturday afternoon, there's kind of like trying to get it done and, you know, take care of everybody before the mass starts. And so it doesn't give the time that's needed to for hearts to unburden, unwind and that's a very important part of the process of the sacrament of confession and reconciliation is really expressing you know not to come to it with fear but come to it with a generous heart that this is the way the lord is reaching out to us and giving us his healing mercy that's excellent thank you so much father ken and thank you josephine for joining us and uh, perhaps you can come back on another podcast to further expand on some of the things that we discussed. So I'm that very grateful wonderful. to you. Yes. Now we're going to end with a prayer. And again, I would invite people who are listening to this podcast to remember that you can connect with us if you would like to have a, an appointment with Father Ken or um, a, a group session with he and I. Uh, we are definitely open to that. So please, uh, you can email me. My name is Ann DeSantis, and my uh, email address is director.srnf at gmail.com at nonatus.org. So I'm going to end here with a prayer to St. Raymond Nonatus, and then Father Ken will give us a blessing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, Father Almighty, I belong to you. Through the intercession of Our Lady of Mercy, and our patron, St. Raymond Nonatus, I place myself anew in your hands and acknowledge you as master and Lord of my life. As St. Raymond, in imitation of Christ the Redeemer, prayed for his captors, even in the midst of being tortured, grant me the gift of a forgiving heart and cleanse me of any anger, hostility, or revenge. Heal my hurts and wounds and teach me to rely on your love. Grant me wisdom of heart and strengthen me by your grace to move on in faith, trust, and love through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you all. And with your spirit. And with your spirit. And we pray, God, Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you for all your gifts. And we ask your abundant blessings upon each of us who is present here listening to uh, these words of inspiration and encouragement and uh, words of healing and uh, a prayer of blessing in our lives that helps in healing the wound of that may be present because of separation divorce or family crisis and struggles and trials in life we ask your abundant blessings upon us fill us with your every grace the grace of your son jesus won for us by his suffering and dying on the cross and rising to new life and also the gift of his holy spirit poured out for us that brings healing and 
the healing living waters of Jesus from his side poured out for us and to quench our dryness and quench where there is any pain and any suffering. And we ask this blessing upon us all present in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. May it come upon you and remain forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We will see you next month on August 4th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director.srnf at gmail.com. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.